0: We also see this, though, as an opportunity. We think the transition to a low emissions and ultimately net zero economy is in some ways the most exciting economic transformation of our lifetimes and should be one that Canada can play a leading role in in, in the world.
1: Welcome to The Flux Capacitor, a podcast about the future of electricity. I'm Francis Bradley of Electricity Canada. This is episode 080, number 80 of The Flux Capacitor. This episode was recorded in mid-August 2023 on Zoom. My guest today is... John Stackhouse, RBC Royal Bank of Canada. John joined me today for a conversation about the state of climate policy just after the Government of Canada released draft clean electricity regulations for comment. We discuss where banking and climate actions intersect, the evolution of Canadian climate policy, Canadian responses to the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act, supply chain challenges, attracting the highly skilled labour needed for the transition, and Canadian competitiveness. We also discuss the need for regulatory flexibility and the imperative of advancing Indigenous inclusion in the energy transition. And it's an embarrassment of riches when it comes to book recommendations. John brings three book recommendations for addition to the Flux Capacitor Book Club. One that I've read, one that I just started reading, and now a third that I've now ordered. Here is my conversation with John Stackhouse. John it's it's great to have you on the podcast. Uh, I think I talked to you about trying to get you on the podcast when uh we met in Sharm el Sheikh last uh, last fall but um here we are uh gearing up for uh well another cop um this this coming December but it, it's great to, to to take some time to to chat with you. Uh, but you know I thought I'd start as somebody who I actually did work for a bank many years ago in the in the mid 1980s I worked at the Bank of Montreal. So you know I got to say um I don't tend to think of climate change as something it certainly wasn't something that the bank uh, that I worked for almost 40 years ago was talking about on an ongoing basis how did the the bank come to get involved uh, on climate issues and and you know the the RBC has a climate action institute and how did this come about
0: yeah it, it, it's a fascinating and interesting and I, I think Really important evolution that speaks to the evolution of uh, of, of the economy, and maybe that's the the, uh, the 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 short answer. It's about the economy. It's about where the economy is is going. We've been focused on environmental issues for generations, um, and our RBC has a very strong record in uh, in, in environmental issues yeah. over the last decade. As the world and as Canada became more and more serious about climate action. We felt this had to be a, a more and more distinct part of of our strategy, and it's been iterative, uh, as, as frankly the the global policy approach to climate has been. It builds year on on, on year, and I think the same is true for our strategy. Mm-hmm. But what we're seeing out there in the in in the world is both a crisis and opportunity. The the, the crisis, as we're seeing painfully and many people are experiencing painfully. Uh, this summer is, is just the later, latest reminder from mother nature of what's, what's at stake and we have to do more, we have to move faster. And that's mm-hmm. true for all of us as individuals, but every, uh, every company um, that we, 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 we get to deal with. Um, we also see this though as an opportunity. We think the transition to a low emissions and ultimately net zero economy is in some ways the most exciting economic transformation of, uh, of, of of our lifetimes and should be one that Canada can play a leading role in, in, in the world. Um, we, we hear this from our clients and we're working with our clients across all sectors and we'll talk a lot about electricity, I'm sure, but this, this is true from farming to uh, vehicle manufacturing to retailing Pretty much every major client that we have is is advancing their climate strategies and uh, we're keen to work with them on that. We're also being held to greater account. And that's a good thing uh, mm-hmm. for uh, how we are performing, how our clients are performing. Mm-hmm. We essentially bank the economy through our our, our our clients and therefore a bank as large as RBC is, is a reasonable proxy on the Canadian economy. Right. There's something, and this sounds a bit arcane. Uh, there's there's something that's emerged called financed emissions, which essentially maps the, uh, the 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 emissions on our lending books, or maps our lending books according to the emissions that they uh, they may be associated with. Okay. And that's become a bit of a measure of how banks globally are doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're we're advancing our ability to to measure that. It's an somewhat new uh science data is a bit nascent methodologies are 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 just emerging but uh it's an important uh measure of uh how how our clients uh and and us as an aggregation of our clients Mm -hmm. are doing so i I guess in short francis the answer is we're seeing the economy transform uh and that ultimately is a good thing uh and we want to lean into that we're being held to greater account Mm -hmm. for the performance the emissions performance of our clients and through them, the broader economy. Um, And we are hearing from our stakeholders, investors, employees, as well as clients and regulators that uh, we need to continue to play uh, an active role in the uh, in the climate transition. So all all, all those reasons and more have us uh, focused on climate. And it's one of the top strategic issues uh, for uh, for the organization as a result.
1: Wow. Okay. I want to I want to pull on a, a couple of those threads, but before before we do that, um, one of the things I, I often ask folks that come on uh, the podcast is about their journey. I'd uh, be interested interested in your journey. Uh, you know, I, I always make the joke: um, is, is this when you were a kid on the playground? Did you always dream of becoming a? Are you a banker or are you a climate activist or are you a? What was the what was the the progression and and what was your journey to to this role?
0: Well, well, I've had a very fortunate. Uh, uh, career, I actually studied business and many of my um, uh, peers went into banking and financial services. I, I took a uh, sharp left turn, or maybe it's a right turn, depending on your point of view, mm-hmm. uh, into journalism because uh, I was really um, uh, excited by the profession. I've worked on the student paper and, and and spent the next 30 years working uh, largely at the Globe and Mail mm-hmm. uh, uh, through a, a, a range of positions, including as business editor and ultimately editor in, in chief uh, before uh, coming over to RBC and trying to help the organization think about broader macro issues that, uh, that this ranges from innovation and tech disruption to climate, which is the, the the bulk of my focus now. But trying to figure out complex issues and, mm-hmm. and explain them is something I've uh, been trying to do for uh, through 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 my Career, I'll let listeners and readers decide whether it's been uh, uh, been successful uh, on, on the explanation side. But um, uh, I feel I'm able to to, to carry some of uh, some of those those skills. But to the to the climate question, I, I I was really lucky in my early years as as a journalist to get to cover um, what became the the Rio Earth Summit uh, right. and the the evolution of what we now call climate policy it was environment policy under under the moroni government mm-hmm. um, um, among other governments in the world when the world was really starting to focus collectively on what we now call uh climate action and got to spend uh, a decent amount of time with people interviewing uh people like morris strong the the, the mm-hmm. late morris strong who was yep. really one of the pioneers in global thinking is the, the 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 canadian who started the united nations environment program that's that's Kind of a tribute to Canada. We're a yep. relatively small country that does things like produce people like Morris Strong, who can yep. create UNEP, which is now the foundation stone for uh, a lot of that We're a lot of what we're what we're what we're talking about. And then got to spend a number of years uh, internationally. I was uh, based in New Delhi, India, mm. writing about uh, what are now <laughs> known as climate issues mm-hmm. uh, and seeing the challenges not just that we have here in Canada, but seeing the challenges of poverty. And the desire for economic growth, which yeah. has a strong co- correlation with energy, yeah. uh, energy production and consumption. So, was able to develop. I hope a, a decent understanding of of both the, the nuances as well as the opportunities out mm-hmm. there in the world through innovation, through technology, uh, and and through the collective action of nations uh, working working together. And hope hope I'm able to continue to apply that uh, here at RBC.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Wow. Okay. Hey, uh, the federal budget um, this spring put forward some some pretty uh, significant investments in terms of in terms of uh, you know investing in a in a you know quote green economy. Um, a lot of folks have talked about. Um, I'm one of them. That, that this is a pretty significant change. Um, in your view, is is was that was that federal budget this year a, a game changer, or kind of what's your take on what it's going to mean over the longer term?
0: yeah i'm glad you raised that francis because i think we uh, we, we we often lose perspective um, uh, we're now kind of roughly at the 1 year anniversary of the launch of the in- in- inflation reduction act yep. which the yep. biden administration kind of snuck out in late august yeah. <laughs> uh, cl- clever clever folks there well uh, maybe half of washington was away mm-hmm. uh, but they got it through that was a game changer a game yep. changer to the world that was a statement that um, that the climate transition energy transition is a multi trillion dollar enterprise and mm-hmm. here, uh one administration uh, biggest in the in, in the world fiscally is putting down close to half a trillion dollars mm-hmm. to uh, accelerate a whole whole range of things um the the canadian government no one's going to match that. Uh, yeah. The Europeans, yeah. as you know, are, yeah. uh, are, are, are are still a bit freaked out about it. Uh, the Chinese are rattled by it. Um, and Canada is rightly um, uh, a little shaken uh, mm-hmm. by it. But what we saw in Budget 23 was a very significant investment, uh, commitment and investment by the federal government mm-hmm. in, in accelerated uh, climate action and energy transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just with money. Uh, with some interesting new tools like the growth fund, like contracts mm-hmm. for difference, mm-hmm. um, w- w- which in some ways differentiate Canada, but also show that the federal government is willing to use its balance sheet, uh, not just its um, uh, it, 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 its annual budget yeah. uh, and, and, and spending, that we can use what is one of the world's best balance sheets uh, mm-hmm. for a country. Uh, and we should all be proud of that as Canadians. Uh, uh, and defend it <laughs> to make sure it, uh, it remains a strong balance sheet. But we're able to use that balance sheet to leverage the kind of capital we're going to need to make this this transition. We, we mm-hmm. published a report a couple of years ago at RBC called the $2 trillion transition. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the title is an estimate of the, the capital that will be needed in Canada, mm-hmm. $2 trillion over roughly 25 years to get to net zero. This isn't, this, this isn't tax and spend money. This is actually investment money it's 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 more sort of borrow and invest mortgage and invest uh which we know how to do as business thinkers so how do we take that thinking to uh, the climate challenge and that and and the budget went a long way in doing that saying this isn't just money um out out of the annual budget it's using the balance sheet to leverage the 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 ample amounts of private capital Mm -hmm. that are looking for opportunities uh in sectors like electricity, but also in oil and gas, in housing and agriculture, and so on.
1: Yeah. Do you think it was enough um, to, to, to keep investment dollars here in Canada? Is the, because uh, that was my concern when the IRA came out was, you know, are we gonna hear that sucking sound uh, of investment dollars in, in clean energy projects uh, going to going to the United States as opposed to staying here in Canada? Do you think it's 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 gonna 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 serve to be enough of an incentive to keep business here as well?
0: It's probably not enough. Um mm-hmm. it's an important start, but I think one of the realities that we as Canadians um and, and fiscally minded Canadians need mm-hmm. to think through is that this is a marathon. Uh and even those looking for, let's say, a three to five year kind of spending window. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um May have to think through their time horizons because right. this is going to take more than five years of investment, both public and private. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to need maybe more money, but all but we will need more time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't a kind of a, uh, uh, a a four-year budget cycle, five-year budget cycle, kind of one and done. Um, this is um, n- nor should it be a forever thing, mm-hmm. uh, but it is a, it is a 25-year thing. And right. we'll we'll need to to think through our budgeting uh, with uh, with with that in mind because it's competing with uh, with with lots of priorities. But um, it's hard to think of many priorities uh, that are as significant as uh, as this one right now. Yeah. We should also keep in mind, uh, and I'm, I'm glad you raised the, the 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 sucking sound of the U.S. When the U.S. kind of gets. It's act together on something, when it focuses on something, mm-hmm. it's breathtaking. Mm-hmm. And there is no place quite like it in the world in terms of mobilizing scientific research, private sector innovation, venture capital, like real risk-minded capital, yeah. um, strong public institutions. We take pride in our public institutions and, and, and we should, but we should also respect the US for some of the things that it has built up over over generations. And what we're seeing now is that great American innovation economy mm-hmm. at work, at scale, at speed, we're competing with that. And yeah. it's not just about money. It's about a mindset. It's about thinking, we need to do something not in the next five years. We need to do it in the next twelve months. And you right. know what we can do it, but we just got to make a decision. No decision's perfect. Let's um, make our decisions, pick our bets, if you if uh, if you prefer that term, mm-hmm. and focus on execution. So speed is going to be as important as uh, as the scale of uh, of, of, of financing. Uh, dynamism, uh, especially private sector dynamism, is really important. Mm, that is okay. an American advantage. We have that here in Canada, but we often kind of underestimate it how do we say you know what we are really good at all 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 sorts of things uh including electricity mm-hmm. uh how do we let the folks who know how to do things build things uh and as as well as innovate do it get out of their way um maybe de-risk some things for them but really get uh, get it out of uh out of out of their way so speed and dynamism as well as uh, as well as scale
1: mm-hmm. one of the concerns that i've had um, and maybe bounce it off of you. To, I'd be interested to hear your perspective, whether or not, whether or not I, I'm, I'm, you know, should be justified in, in being concerned about this or, or not, isn't solely the the possibility that investment dollars will flow to, to, to the United States because there there's so much activity that's going to be taking place. I'm increasingly concerned, um, you know, given that we've just come through a pretty significant supply chain crunched. Uh, during and post pandemic and to uh, people crunch now uh, as well with the massive amounts of investments that are gonna be taking place in this space in the United States. I mean, to to, to what degree should we be concerned about you know, global supply chains and actually being able to compete with the Americans and the Europeans and China who are all trying to uh, rapidly move and transition to, to a, a cleaner world we're all going to be competing for the same equipment and we're going to be competing for the same people aren't we
0: highly 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 concerned this okay okay maybe uh, if not the top risk one of the top uh, handful of risks to Canada reaching yeah. our, our our goals um, both near term and 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 long term uh, so you, you've spoken to materials and, uh, and 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 labor talent yeah so yeah. on on the material side um, it's both Uh, sophisticated stuff, uh, including critical minerals that we need to be much more focused on ensuring we have what we need, as well as uh, uh, selling that to the world uh, at a premium. But it's also mundane stuff like wiring, copper wiring (laughs) that uh, could be in short supply. Um, um, I I, I was out with um, a a company doing some really interesting stuff in hydrogen, and they were looking for um, you know, a, a basic piece of equipment that they had to get from Europe. And if you could get the European supplier to answer your phone, um, I think they were saying metaphorically, yeah. um, it was a 12 to 14 month wait time right. to get that, um, that uh, piece of equipment. But they were so their, their order book was, was was so long, they were only taking calls from their best customers. Yeah, uh, So um, that's uh, a, a, a signal that we need to be highly attuned to because um, we got to be a, a top the call list for uh, for those supplies. We got to make more of this stuff ourselves. right. And we have to right. ensure um, we have trade agreements um, and we've got the best set of trade agreements in the world, but we have to invest in those day and night, day and mm-hmm. night, uh, and again day and night to ensure that we have uh, open borders. With our best trade partners, so that we're able to buy, whether it's that contraption from uh, from Europe or uh, uh, a wiring from the from the U.S. or from an Asian source, that we're getting that uh, relatively seamlessly across the uh, the border. Mm-hmm. Talent's a different challenge, and yeah. uh, one that we should actually have an advantage of. Um, we do have a leg up. Uh, on on much of the world, there's a lineup uh, uh, right around the world of people, uh, including some of the most skilled people in the world, wanting to to uh, spend the rest of their working lives or their lives in Canada, wanting to mm-hmm. move here, immigrate here. Mm-hmm. Um, that's an advantage. Let's not squander it. Um, how do we actually turn an immigration system that is kind of the envy of of, of most countries in the world? How do we Turn that into a 2.0 or 3.0 mm-hmm. that becomes a serious advantage for 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 getting skilled uh, and highly skilled labor. Um, you know, I, I in in your sector, it's fascinating to hear, fascinating and and worrisome to hear. The concerns over things from from welders yeah. to nuclear physicists. Yeah. Um. We don't have anywhere near enough welders or nuclear physicists or technicians, and we could fill out the hour just going through the list of sure. uh, of, uh, of 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 jobs and professions where there are shortages. But but the people we need to do all this stuff to build charging networks, mm-hmm. to uh, build the EVs that will use those charging networks, and on and on. Um, so we need. Frankly, uh, uh, probably a, uh, a, a refreshed human capital strategy yeah. for the country to, to say, okay, if we if we are going to need these two trillion dollars, let's say, to mm-hmm. finance the transition, what kind of people are we going to need over the next yeah. twenty five years? How, I and how many roughly? What uh, what skills? Now, some of that work is already underway. You um, know, not trying to shortchange that, but we probably need to 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 amp that up and 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 see a lot more. Coordination with between the federal government and the provinces on 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 this, right. including yeah. uh, in the in the education system.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, we we certainly uh, have work uh, taking place within the sector. Um, you know, we've got the electricity human resources uh, Canada that's that's been uh, in this space, but. Well, you, you 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 just you just pointed to uh, another area of concern that I've got, and uh, and it's on a broad range of issues. But this is one of the ones that's included in that, and that is the, the lack of alignment between different levels of government. Um, you know, with the, just for 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 the listener, we're recording this in, in mid-August, and last week we had the uh, announcement of the government, federal government's intention to develop a a, uh, a an electricity strategy, and the release of the clean electricity regulations in draft form uh, and the media was filled with um, a lot of commentary from a couple of provinces that were definitely not uh, on board with this Um, so like a a lot of these issues are going to require a, a far better collaboration coordination between the different levels of government but the prospects don't look real good right now do they
0: yeah, it's a, it's it, it it's unfortunate, and there's probably enough blame to go around. I'm I'm very intrigued with Minister Wilkinson's approach to regional tables, yeah. uh, and it, which is essentially an effort to kind of depoliticize some of this and and, and build up more more uh, uh, collaboration cooperation, uh, including the provinces that you've 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 hinted at there. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's been some progress there so let's you know keep that in mind it's not right. uh, you know there's not an outright war between ottawa and uh, and and the provinces on this but we need m- much greater uh, uh, uh cooperation and collaboration at the uh, at the fed prov uh, mm-hmm. fed prov level and and also with indigenous communities mm-hmm. and uh and very much with the 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 private sector which you know, is, is, is playing a greater role in the development of climate policy, but we'll need to um, continue to step, uh, step up and be, be given the opportunity uh, by all levels of government to, uh, to play that greater role
1: yeah on, on specifically with respect to the the government of canada's um um uh, commitment to aspiration for net zero electricity grid by 2035 this is one that I mean I had a a number of a number of um uh, uh media in, interviews on and uh, one of the things that that I've been pointing out is that while um you know a couple of the provincial governments and provincial premiers said we're not on board with that um we see that as a 2050 target we need to, as I was saying, we 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 need to recognize that, in fact, they are on board. It's just the objective is the same but the timeline is different and so um you know if there's if there's some way that we can start focusing uh on on where there is alignment and and uh, you know trying to address uh th- those gaps because in point of fact um you know all, all of these uh various levels of government uh are committed to a, a you know a, a clean electricity grid they just they're not in agreement in terms of the steps that we need to take to get there or, or necessarily the timing but it certainly doesn't sound that way it sounds as though they're diametrically opposed, um, but they seem to be opposed on the timeline.
0: Yeah, and and you know, well, let's always bear in mind the di- difference between public rhetoric, which is often mm-hmm. done for political uh, reasons, and 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 and, and private um, inter- in interaction and dialogue. I think a, a couple of uh, important signals out of the clean electricity regulations are um, n- number one, it, it shows to us a serious willingness of the federal government to listen mm-hmm. uh, and to adjust. Uh, what we uh, saw come out uh, last week is um, has a number of differences from what was being discussed six months ago and certainly a year ago, yeah. and there'll be more adjustments. Right. Uh, so that's that's important. Here's a government that I, I think has 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 been listening mm-hmm. and trying to address the um, Um, some concerns and people may say, well, they didn't listen enough. And that's what uh, uh, the the next stage is going to be uh, going to be about. Second point, I I think gets lost in a lot of uh, a lot of this debate is is to that notion of timelines. Mm -hmm. Canadians, yeah, you know, we're talking about what what the goal is and what the aspirations are for 2035, 2040, whether it's 2035, 36, 37, mm-hmm. whether it's 95% clean or 92 or 90%. I we're all in the same kind of long-term ballpark. Yeah. Uh, if 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 you will, yeah. what are we going to do in the next 36 months? Yeah. That's going to get us get us there because we can't keep talking about this. And debating it for another thirty-six months. Otherwise, right. twenty thirty-five becomes twenty forty-five, and uh, Mother Nature will inflict more, uh, more uh, on on us as we're seeing this summer. Uh, so, how do we shift a bit of the the the, the focus right now? It's important to have a, a long-term strategy, have goals, mm-hmm. have plans to get to those goals. But we need action, mm-hmm. and that's in some ways why we launched the RBC Climate Action Institute. We think it's really important to be working with our clients, to be helping the country as, as, as much as we can shift to action, both big and small. Mm-hmm. And um, there's there's capital, there's technology available. There's certainly a, a willingness right across the country. There's there's no region. There's no province mm-hmm. that doesn't have um, really interesting ambitions yeah. um, uh, on, 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 on climate, how do we all of us get moving faster uh, uh, in in the near term, and by near term I mean in the next few years mm-hmm. on on the action side of uh, of things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, um, back in 2019, you'd said something that we here at Electricity Canada we used as a as a, a quote in our our State of the Industry annual report. You had said um, Canadians have figured out winter transcontinental travel and space robotics competitiveness, not so much. So as we're getting ready for this massive infrastructure build to reach our targets for decarbonizing the grid in the Canadian economy, is competitiveness going to continue to be our Achilles heel?
0: Yeah. It comes, maybe it comes back to that point I was trying to make earlier just about that American dynamism. Yeah. Uh, and how do we, you know, there, there's all sorts of exceptions to this. This isn't a sweeping generalization about Canada or uh, Canadians, but the data's, uh clear decade after decade that uh, we fall short of where we could be in terms yeah. of economic competitiveness mm-hmm. uh, we cannot afford that uh, uh if we're going to do in the next 25 years what kind of all of us have uh, i think generally agreed to uh, we're yeah. not going to get to net zero in 2050 without a bunch of things but a more dynamic and competitive economy is, uh, is 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 part of that. We need to unleash more forces in the private sector. Frankly, to mm-hmm. take risks, mm-hmm. uh, to to innovate, to test and learn uh, as 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 they go. It's a bit of a Canadian curse. We don't like to uh, to fail. Yeah. Um that's the price of taking chances, and mm-hmm. uh, as long as no egregious harm is done, it's we're going to be we're going to be testing a lot of new technologies or newish mm-hmm. technologies uh, across all sectors. We're going to be putting technologies to work at a scale that they've never been uh, used at, and mm-hmm. we're just going to have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because we don't have time to continue to study things in a laboratory or in small demonstration projects. Right. How do we get on with uh, that as a country and say, like, we, we, we don't have the luxury of time here, perhaps, that uh, that we might want. Let's um, let's use that as, as perhaps an advantage to uh, to take some more risks. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Hey, um you, you took the time and we really appreciated it. You joined our, our policy symposium uh in, in June in Winnipeg. And I, I was uh, I was really quite struck um in your comments you talked about like kind of five strategic levers, like five um, you know things that needed to happen uh so that we could uh you know become that leader uh in in uh, in electricity and that electricity future. And those five were um fiscal support, regulatory flexibility capital uh, incentives, indigenous inclusion, uh, and consumer technology. So of those fives, w- which one do you think is probably the most critical that we get to first? If we had to, I know we have to do all five, um, but like which one do we absolutely, you, you know, you're talking about, you know, we need to do things within the next, you know, the next, the next year, the next year and a half. What's, <laughs> which one of these should we get onto like today?
0: that's a tough choice um yeah. but i have to say reg- regulatory flexibility yeah it is um it is a barrier and i just hear this from too many people um right. not just in your sector and in, in, in other sectors that it is mm-hmm. a barrier to to action and certainly a, a a barrier to to speed um if we're going to do things um uh, that, that that we know need to be done and uh, and build out what we're going to need in the 2030s and 2040s we're going to need more uh, regulatory flexibility at 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 all levels of uh, of uh, of government.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you talked about that this was you know potentially going to be coming to a head this summer with the uh, with the CERS. Well, uh, the CERS uh, the CERS are, are now here, um, so we've seen the first draft. Um, uh, I, Kind of at first blush, um, I, you, you mentioned, you know, you, you saw some movement from what we were, were, were hearing um, telegraphed, you know, six months to a year ago. But what's your what's your what's your first take on this so far? I mean, I know it's only one piece of of the overall um, uh, f- uh, regulatory flexibility, but it's going to be a critical piece.
0: Yeah, and there's more flexibility there than than I I might have guessed six six months ago. Okay, uh, so I think that's a good uh, a good thing, and now uh, consultations are underway. So let's let's see how much more flexibility there is. But I, th- I, I I think one of the subtle points of the regulation is the government saying, you know, there is a price. These are my words, but th- there is a price to perfection, uh, yeah. and it's yeah. too high a price. Like we're okay with 95%, and maybe that goes down uh, a bit, and th- there'll be critics of that. But the cost of getting to 100% certainly by 2035 would just be um, um, probably unbearable for the Canadian economy. So, so yeah. how do we ac- accept um, a bit of compromise there? And we're going to need that compromise, and probably some more, to build out what we need to build out. You know, we're talking of. Doubling, Mm -hmm. maybe even tripling, the amount of electricity capacity in the country. Yeah. Um, Doing in a quarter century what your industry uh, did over over the previous century. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's going to take more flexibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, So so. We'll, and and at the provincial and local level, as, uh, as as well, permitting is is going to be a real absolutely interesting yeah. challenge uh, yeah. for us. If we're going to build more transmission lines, if we're mm-hmm. going to build more nuclear facilities, large or small, if we're going to build more renewable uh, renewables projects uh, all all across the country, we're going to take more f- uh, require more flexibility at at the at the local level, as well as the uh, the national level. And then we're seeing because regulation doesn't exist in its own. Um, we're seeing this coupled with a lot of fiscal incentives. So <laughs> I think the government is saying, OK, these these uh, these adjustments, yes, are are, are, are not easy um, if they were easy, people would have done them. Yeah. Uh, so here's a significant amount of capital, um, which public sector entities can take advantage of through uh through the the, the tax credits mm-hmm. um here's significant fiscal incentives to to get on with it or if you've already gotten on with it to accelerate what uh what what you're doing so so it's a I, I think we've got a good moment here uh mm-hmm. in the, in the country where we have uh, hopefully, more regulatory certainty. Let's see how this plays out yeah. uh, with a bit more flexibility. Maybe we will need more flexibility. We've got a fiscal commitment. Um, and we talked earlier about whether that needs to go longer uh, in, in 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 time. So we'll see how that uh, that goes. But how do we just get on with this and yeah. get building the uh, all the exciting projects that uh, that your members and others are out there, um, uh, not just talking about. But uh-huh. even starting to put put in the ground, this this could be a should be and it really has to be an ex, uh, an incredible decade ahead for uh-huh. us in terms of electricity development, which as as we've tried to stress at at RBC can be, become one of our more significant exports to the world. Uh-huh. As we start to do this for for our country, then how do we sell the technology, the IP, the know-how uh, to other countries as we did with hydro and nuclear in the yep. in the 50s and
1: 60s yep absolutely yeah okay the last that i want to pull on is is uh, indigenous inclusion you know it's, it's one that you've mentioned a number of times we we've seen some pretty you know significant changes uh, uh you know the time that uh in the in the time that i've been in the sector uh it's revolutionary in terms of uh the the approach to to uh working with an indigenous communities um but What's still missing? What, what do we What do we still need to do to uh, to to be able to successfully ensure uh, engagement, in, inclusion, partnerships um, uh, of uh, of Indigenous peoples, Indigenous Canadians?
0: I, I'm really glad you brought this up as the final question because when you asked me to identify which of the five um, we, we need to focus on most urgently, and I said regulatory flexibility, in the back of my mind, or competing with it in the front of was, my mind was this one. But I think, I think we've got a bit more time and it, we actually need to spend more time on, 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 on indigenous inclusion. Um, but what's, what's, what's missing number one, the balance sheet. So indigenous communities are not structured like corporations. They don't yeah. typically have a corporate balance sheet. So right. they're going to work, uh, from a capital perspective in different ways. We are seeing really exciting innovations in the use of collective balance sheets at the governmental level as well Mm -hmm. as through uh, uh, entities like the Infrastructure Bank to Mm -hmm. help uh, Indigenous communities um, leverage more capital to invest in uh, projects. And the electricity sector is absolutely leading the way uh, Mm -hmm. in the country in terms of Indigenous uh uh ownership uh mm-hmm. and what indigenous communities say is 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 all about say and share in uh in in projects so you look at uh, whether this is in ontario or 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 alberta or elsewhere there's there's really important advancements um in the market in terms of indigenous ownership uh we're going to need to do more of that we've been uh part of a group of indigenous um Um, communities as well as uh, private sector companies advocating for a national loan guarantee. Right uh, Indigenous loan guarantee, uh, which we hope to see in the fall economic statement and then in budget twenty four, mm-hmm. which would effectively uh, uh, provide that sovereign guarantee to an indigenous community to borrow from the market or from financial institutions to buy uh, its uh, its share into uh, into in, in, into a project and then derive the returns uh from that and help that project be be more even more more sustainable so that's uh uh, hopefully a a a policy tool that we'll be uh using very actively in the uh the years ahead there's going to be tens of billions of dollars uh if not more um drawn on uh uh, uh, from the market by indigenous communities to invest in these sorts of projects that are going to help canada get to net zero even if we have that capital access, we need to to also think about capacity. So Mm -hmm. how to Mm -hmm. help Indigenous communities and help them help themselves and each other in terms of capacity development, whether it's structuring a bond deal, to own part of a uh, hydro line or to negotiate with uh, with a nuclear company, these are all skills um, that uh, that uh, are out there across the country in Indigenous communities, but need to be scaled. So we need to continue to invest in 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 that. And then thirdly, I think we need to continue to help uh, businesses as well as governments, but businesses, Corporate Canada, continue to advance its thinking on partnering. With uh, Indigenous communities on, mm-hmm. on 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 co not just co owning but co innovating in terms right. of project uh, project development lots of great examples out there across across the country but uh, way more uh, to be done and I think that will be done over mm-hmm. the the decade ahead so this is I think this is a really interesting shift in Canada that. Frankly, wasn't here ten years ago, even five years ago, where mm-hmm. this was this kind of business thinking towards um, towards these these, these issues. Um, what we're talking about now wouldn't have been kind of at the board table right. uh, in many places five years ago. Yeah, now it's at every board table, uh, yeah. at least at all all the major boards. Uh, that's that's really impressive. So, to those who think. You know, there's no hope here, or we're you know we 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 can't get this done. It's a huge challenge ahead. no no doubt. But look at how much we've seen change over the last five and ten years uh, across the country, including in the corporate sector. Uh, and let's use that as a signal of how much more we can do and we can do collectively uh, to to continue to build our economy in a a much more sustainable and inclusive way.
1: Okay, so that gives us something to, to keep our eye on in the fall economic statement, whether or not we we actually see the delivery of a national loan guarantee program, that'd be great. So, John, the last question that I ask everybody who comes on the podcast is for a book recommendation. So, uh, we uh, we uh, assemble those book recommendations and we put it up on the, on the website as the, the Flux Capacitor Book Club. So, is there a book that you uh, want to add to our reading list Um and if so, what would that book be
0: well let let, let me cite a cite a couple because this summer i'm I'm trying to indulge in more fiction, so I'm just in the middle of uh, lessons by Ian McEwen, who's just a magnificent oh, writer I so just, just
1: picked it up yesterday, I haven't started it, so I should. I should crack the cover.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, let's um, when when we both finish it, maybe we can have some sort of uh, post postmortem mortem uh, discussion or even book club of, of of our own. But I'm thrilled you're an Ian McEwan fan. It's, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, absolutely. It, it's it's it, he's he's an extraordinary yep. uh, writer. Um, and and the other book I got to read uh, earlier this summer was uh, the 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 Vaslav Smil book, How How the World Really Works. Which yep. um, is now a couple of years old, but wow, it's a tour de force in terms of just the math of uh, of all that we've been uh, all that we've been talking to um, or talking about. Uh, and he, he brings a realism to this from a scientific mm-hmm. perspective. Um, the 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 climate challenge is is is, is complex. It's also nuanced. Um, and the, the, while while the math is daunting, there's also pathways to uh, to 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 getting it done. So I'd, I'd recommend Smeal's book, but I also might pair it with uh, Bill Gates' book, which I I, I found more more op- op- optimistic about the uh, the the, the uh, power of uh, of technology. So if if you can read those, um, or if listeners can read those in tandem, uh, um, they'll uh, uh, hopefully advance their own thinking of of the climate journey.
1: So the bill with Bill Gates, with Bill Gates,
0: how to avoid a climate disaster. So I just wanted right. okay. yeah. So the yeah. Um, yeah, which is, is, is a very high, highly accessible um, yeah. and very, very pragmatic, but also realistic um, take on uh, on the climate challenge, which I sort of finished and thought, wow, this is this is actually doable. And it takes kind of a Bill Gates to say, wow, this is really complex. But, you know, uh, um, there's a way to uh, to solve this problem. Okay so
1: I, I think we've we've uh, already got the uh, Bill Gates' book How to Avoid a Climate Disaster on the list but we will uh, if not we will add it but absolutely Gla- uh, Vaclav uh, Smil's book How the World Really Works is a terrific addition and we'll put Ian McEwan's um, Lessons on the on the uh, on the reading list as well that's that's great John really appreciate you taking the time to to join the podcast it was it was, it was great to catch up and really appreciate your insights on this
0: Oh Francis, thanks for uh, having me. It's been a, a, a delight, and thank you genuinely for the work that you and Electricity Canada do. Um, this is um, this is an amazing decade for us in uh, as as a country, but also for the electricity sector. So great to yeah. have people leading us forward.
1: Cheers! Thank you very much. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Flux Capacitor. Tune in for future episodes. Please take time to rate the podcast on whatever platform you use to listen, and let me know what you think of the Flux Capacitor. You can find me on Twitter as at Brad Bradley. The website for this pod is thefluxcapacitor.ca, and it includes links for this episode on the show page, this being episode 80. And while you're there, check out the book club page, which provides info and links on the books which have been recommended by guests on the Flux Capacitor, including John's recommendations, lessons by Ian McEwen, and two books to read together, Schmiel's How the World Really Works and Gates's How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. And let's continue the electricity conversation on our Facebook page, on Twitter and at electricity.ca.